Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star as we begin 2021 talking about a breakthrough. And boy, do we need a breakthrough. We thought 2020 was over and it continued into 2021. It is crazy. You watch the news and you listen to society and you see things and you're like, okay, what's gonna give and how are we gonna make it? And today we begin breakthrough with really a topic I think that you and I all, it's real to us. So um, I want you to do me a favor. Go ahead and take your Bible, Mark chapter four. We're gonna start reading verse 35. So if you got your hard Bible, that's great. If you've got the app, it's probably better for today at least to have that open even with your hard Bible because it gives you a way to take notes and gives you a way to follow along. Why do we need breakthroughs? We need breakthroughs because we're presented with a challenge, right? I don't need a breakthrough when things are good. I don't need a breakthrough when things are easy. I don't need a breakthrough when everything's going my way. I need a breakthrough when I'm facing something that appears to be bigger than me. I need a breakthrough when I am walking into something that is presenting an obstacle that I don't know personally, I don't know how to get around that obstacle. I need a breakthrough. This word that we're gonna talk about today is a word that visits each of you. It's a word that never uh, tells you when it's coming. It always shows up unexpectedly. It always shows up without warning. It always shows up and doesn't knock at the door of your life it kicks in the door of your life and makes you deal with it, and the word is the word fear. Now, fears are more than just fears of things that we have in life, right? Fear is something that presents itself when we face an obstacle we don't know what to do with. So I want you to write a little thought down to set our morning, okay? Fear always begins with uncertainty, right? Fear always begins with uncertainty. When we walk through uncertainty, fears begin to rear their ugly head because all of a sudden I don't have control, all of a sudden I'm facing something I don't know what to do with, all of a sudden something is spinning and something is knocking and I don't have a ready answer for it and therefore fear shows up. Fear always comes from uncertainty, and fear makes us do two things. It makes us question whether God's there, and then if we believe he's there, it makes us question if God cares. And you're never immune to it. So I, I'm not a teenager anymore. I came to know Christ at 14. You would think by the age of my age now, which is none of your business, right? but you would think by my age now, I would have licked this sucker. I hadn't. Fear is real. It is around the corner, and it is a, a great teacher, but it's a terrible leader. And if fear begins to lead your life, fear will absolutely rob you blind. But here's what I want you to know today. Sitting in this room, watching online, fears are universal. How many of you, honestly, in our room and even online, wherever your bedroom, you're watching from your porch, wherever you're watching from, how many of you say, Mike, fears I have fears that show up in my life, raise your hand, okay? If you worried about whether to put your hand up, you have fears of putting your hand up. You got fears, all right? Everybody's got fears. You are not immune to them. You are never past them. And I don't believe you'll ever reach a point in your journey where they don't present themselves. Now, sometimes they may visit and sometimes they may take up a bedroom. 
Sometimes they're gonna knock at your door and you're gonna tell them goodbye and they're not welcome. Other times they're gonna come on in and pitch a tent. The question isn't that. The question is, what do you do with it when it shows up? Today, I want you to stand with me today as we read God's word together. Let me tell you what a big deal this, this little story is. In three of the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in three of the four, you read this story. Why is that a big deal? It's a big deal because it was a big deal to them. They thought it was big enough to record it in their word, and when God said, you're gonna write down what I've taught you, you gotta think, they said, John said, all the books in the world couldn't hold the things that we saw, and yet three of the four recorded this story that we're gonna talk about. We know this. Number one, it occurs at the end of a day, which is a big deal. Uh, secondly, we know that it had been a crazy day in the life of Jesus. Jesus is both 100% God, but he's also 100% man, and he is exhausted from the day. If you read the earlier part of Mark, you'll see a blasphemous accusation. You see a questioning of his brothers and his mother. You see the crowd leaving. You see the crowd coming back. You see them in one home. And Jesus at the end of the day goes, guys, we gotta, we gotta get. We gotta get out of here. Mark chapter four, verse 35. Very interesting. As evening came, time out. Everybody look at me. That means the day's piled up by evening. When morning starts, you're like, all right, it's a fresh new day. But by evening, all the stuff's piled up, all right? As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Now, that little phrase, let's cross, denotes not like, hey guys, when you get your junk together, let's head on over. It's like, we need to leave now. There is urgency in Jesus' voice of, we aren't here to stick around. We're not here to, to, you know, for Simon Peter to go and tell one more of his stories. We need, to, we need to get on across the lake. Let's cross to the other side of the lake. Now, also, this is not something they didn't do frequently. Sea of Galilee is in a ton of the gospels. Why? Because it's right dead middle of Jesus' ministry. And, and these guys, all right, other interesting part, they were fishermen. Fishermen, yes or no? So this is your softball 2021, make you feel good about yourself. Fishermen spend a lot of time on water, yes or no? See, y'all are so good. All right, here we go. So these guys are used to being on the water. Let's cross the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat, they started out leaving the crowds behind. This is crazy. And, and it's noted by Mark, although other boats followed, meaning the crowd they were trying to get away from, we're gonna follow them, all right? TMZ and the paparazzi are going with them to the other side of the lake. So they're seeing the miracles, they're hearing the stories, and they're like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go wherever Jesus is going. So they go to the other side of the lake. Little do they know that the storm that's gonna teach the disciples some lessons is gonna teach them some lessons too. Sometimes the cause, sometimes the storms we face aren't our storms, they're somebody else's, but we gotta deal with the consequences of them, right? So let's keep reading the story. But soon, verse 37, a... What's this word? Fierce storm. Not a storm. A fierce storm. This isn't somebody who's never on the lake. This is somebody who's always on the lake. Said it wasn't just a storm. It was a 
fear storm. If this rider hadn't been from Galilee and they had been from South Atlanta, they'd have told you it came up a bad cloud, all right? That's what they'd tell you. It came up a bad cloud and it got ugly, right? A fear storm came up, high waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Time out. Boats are great to float on water, they are not great to fill with water. Water on the outside of the boat, good. Water on the inside of the boat, bad. And we're like, dude, these guys, man, these guys lived on the water. What were they so worried about? I mean, they're in a boat, for goodness sake. Why in the world are these guys getting so worried? And in our Western brain, we think they're in this. I mean, they're, they're floating across. I mean, Jesus, the guy's getting, so Simon Peter, when you get done in the kitchen, if you'll bring it up to the galley, right, and you'll bring it up, we're gonna be sitting up there, we got a pool in the back. But the reality was, this was the boat they were in. So this is a boat that was found from the time of Christ that they have dated back to that time. I don't know about you, I wouldn't be in that boat on a pretty day, let alone a nasty day, right? And it wasn't just a storm, it was what kind of storm? Fierce. So it does not take a lot of thinking to think that water was breaking into that boat. And there's 12 of them in it, and now they're not rowing, they're shoveling. Look at what happens in verse 38. But Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat. This is, this is interesting, this is noted, with his head on a cushion. He's sound asleep, oblivious. And the disciples woke him up shouting this question. This is interesting. Teacher, don't you, what's the next word? We're gonna drown. And you know they're thinking, evidently he doesn't, right? I mean, evidently, if he cared, he'd at least shove a little bit of water. He's a great teacher, but he is a terrible shipmate, right? I mean, this guy's terrible to be out here with us. He doesn't even care. It's, it's interesting they're more worried with Jesus' response than they are the storm. It's interesting. When Jesus woke up, which means it wasn't immediate, he rebuked the wind and said to the water, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you, what's the next word? Because fear always makes us afraid, doesn't it? Not a storm doesn't always make us afraid. Fear of the uncertainty of the storm makes us afraid. Do you, Jesus asked them this question, do you still have no faith? You've seen me do miracles. You've been traveling with me. You've been eating with me. You've watched my ministry. I mean, do you still not get it, guys? Who is this man, they ask each other, because even the wind and the waves obey. What's interesting is the disciples begin to fear him more than they feared the storm, and that's what we're gonna talk about this morning. You guys can be seated. So let's, let's dive into this story. We learn some truths about breakthroughs, but the reality is those truths never come without a problem first. The problem in this story that presents itself is they were going through a what? Help me out, y'all are thinking it. They're going through a what? A storm, they're going through a fierce storm. What do we do? 
when fear shows up in our lives, in our storms, number one, we remember Jesus has not left the boat. It's a big piece of the story. He hadn't left the boat. Remember, fear always asks two questions. God, are you there? And God, do you care? Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what the fear is that's gonna show up or the storm that's gonna show up in your life. I want you to remember this fact. Jesus has not left the boat. Regardless of what the circumstances are, he has not left your boat. He has not left your life. You may feel like he's a million miles away. He is not. He is there. He is present. Soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking in. And they began to fill with water, but Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat. He was present. And he was near. The answer to their worries and the answer to their fears was in the boat. If you know Christ, I want you to get this, and he is in the boat of your life, no matter what may come, he's the answer to that. So when I go through anything, so let's just set this at the beginning. When I go through anything, I have two options. I'm gonna feed my faith and starve my fears, or I'm gonna feed my fears and starve my faith. I know none of you have ever Googled something and spent three hours on that topic. I know none of you ever have. The earlier crowd this morning, they do it all the time. But I know the 930 crowd would never, ever look up something on Google and then look up other people's. How many of y'all have ever done that before? Raise your hand. It's unbelievable. And you, and you just go down this rabbit hole. So am I gonna feed my fears or am I gonna feed my faith? When we go through those things, here's what I want you to write down. It's a little free information. Tell the fear he is near. Remind yourself over and over and over he's near. I know it doesn't look like it. I know it doesn't seem like it, but he's near. There's a calming presence that comes when you remember his nearness. In fact, Paul talks about it in the book of Philippians. He said, remember the Lord is near. Number two, Jesus often uses storms to turn my heart towards him. So the disciples had a faith, but they had some holes in their faith. They had some things that, that needed some work in their lives. And we give them the business, and I have to look at the boat, I don't feel as bad about them, but I give them the business a little bit, but then I remember, man, there were just guys and even in the midst of it, at least they knew to cry out to him. See, when we go through storms and when we experience fears, we get, I want you to write this word down. This is the word I thought about. We get stretched. When, when the water is smooth, I'm not stretched. But when the water gets choppy and stormy, that faith I thought that was so solid, I may come to find out my faith isn't solid at all. It's got some weak spots in it. It's got some holes in it. It's got some points. Look at the way the passage said it. The disciples woke him up saying, teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? Jesus, do you not care? See, storms can turn our hearts towards him 
And fear, I want you to get this now, can turn our heart away from him. If you settle into that fear. So under each of these, I wrote down for me personally, and I'll tell you why here in a second. I wrote down for, for, for me, make fear turn me towards Jesus, not away from him. That's what I wrote down in my notes. Make fear make me turn towards him, not away from him. Yes or no? Are fears gonna visit your home? Yes or no? Yes. So I gotta choose what I'm gonna do with them. I'm gonna stand at the, I'm gonna stand on the patio and have a conversation with them and turn them away. Or I'm gonna invite them in to have a seat. And when I invite in my fears to have a seat, I got a problem. Because now they're gonna begin to tell me how to live once I invite them in. Point number three, Jesus will often use storms as a mirror <laughs> to help me see the condition of my faith. <clears throat> All right, let's, let's, let's humanize the story real quick. Time out. If we could have asked that, do you ever watch a football game? Do you ever feel sorry for the sideline reporters talking to a coach before the locker room? Do you ever feel bad? They're, they're like having to talk to Nick Saban when his team's down by 10, all right, or up by 10. He's always angry. It's, a, it's an unbelievable thing. But even so, they're always having to say, how do you feel about the first half? I don't know, three interceptions, three fumbles. How would you feel about the first half? That's what they're asking. But if you talk to any coach before the game, they feel great about it, Right? Man, I feel good. We've had a good week of practice. You ever heard this before? We've had a good week of practice. I feel like we match up really well. But when the game starts, you start seeing where the holes are in your defense or in your offense or in your pitching for, for that matter in baseball. Jesus often uses storms as a mirror to help me see the condition of my faith. I may have a faith, but it may not be in the best condition. And storms always expose it. Their fear ultimately revealed a lack of faith in him. Ultimately. Now, if I'd ask him getting on the boat, how do you feel about your faith? This is what they'd have said. Do you know the day of ministry we've had? Dude, it's unbelievable. I'm here. And then the storm blows up. Jesus, do you not care we're gonna drown? Do you not care? Then we're gonna, we're gonna just drown here in the sea and you're right there with your head on a pillow. When I face fear, I want you to write this little thought. It's a free thought. I've gotta choose to deepen my faith, not my fear. So the fear could be marriage. The fear could be job. The fear could be health. The fear could be future. The fear could be our children. The fear, I mean, you, we, there's bazillions of them. Do I spend more time diving in on my fear or do I spend more time diving in on my faith? Because faith is the solution to those fears, ultimately. And when we write them down, we remember God came through last time. Why won't he come through this time? God was faithful to me last time. Why will God not be faithful to me this time? Finally, point number four. Ready? Some things can only be learned about Jesus in the what? What's that word? That stinks, doesn't it? Let me just be honest. I hate this. I wanna learn about Jesus 
like on a bright, sunny afternoon when life is good and the Braves, Falcons, and Hawks are all winning, right? That's when I wanna learn about Jesus. Not during terrible seasons and not during tough times. Some things can only be learned about Jesus in the storms. I, I wrote down this thought earlier, and I don't know who said it, but by the end of the third service this morning, I will have said it. But anyway, so I didn't say it, but I wrote it down. Anything that drives me to Jesus is a blessing. Hello. Ultimately, they cause a limp, but it's a blessing. When Jesus left, those disciples were gonna need that faith. See, in that storm, they saw his identity. That's why they were fearful of him. Remember what it said, the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? Even the winds and waves obey him. They were already following him as their savior. Now all of a sudden they're like, holy smokes, he's bigger than we thought he was. So let's, let's, let's just talk real quick. Um, when I chose to walk into this occupation for a living, every occupation has its stuff. So when I chose to walk in this occupation, here's, here's what you choose to walk into. You technically can be off, but you're never off, right? Meaning that phone's gonna ring all the time. And I, and I wanna say this, because I want it to come across right. It's always an honor when that phone rings. It may not always come at the best time, but it's always an honor when that phone rings. People have called when they're going through job changes. People have called when they're going through Adversity. People have called when they're going through marriage difficulties. People have called or sent me a Facebook message, Instagram message, LinkedIn message, Twitter message, uh, email, whatever it is, and say, Mike, would you pray for me? I am blah, whatever it is. And it's a bazillion different things. You can imagine the course of, of uh, gosh, I've been at North Star 24 years. So been a couple phone calls in those 24 years. And um, normally they're never good, but no call has ever shaken my faith. Never. You have never texted me and said, Mike, I'm facing this. Do you have a word from the Lord for me? And I went, no, I don't. I think that's bigger than God. All right, I've never said that to anybody, right? That wouldn't make you feel real good either, would it? I've always said, you know what? Man, I hate what you're walking through, but I wanna tell you, God's gonna get you through. And here's what you need to know. Because it's not me, it's you. Isn't it amazing how big our faith is when it's not against us, it's for somebody else? But isn't it amazing how big our fear is when it's against us and not someone else? So back in the fall, I'll tell you a little story. Back in the fall, Ann had been after me for a while because I had a little spot on my back. And she's like, you need, to, you need to get that checked. I know I will. Let's get through summer, right? And I'll do it in the fall, which means... I'm not gonna do it, but I hope you'll forget about it. All right, and so this went on last summer, and this went on the summer before, 2019, went on summer 2020. She's like, I don't like how that spot, I can't see it, but I don't like how that spot looks, and I'm like, that's ah, fine, it's no big deal. So fall 2020 hits, I'm like, let's get through our vacation, and then I'll do it. I didn't do it. Well, one morning I wake up with an appointment in my calendar, made at three o'clock in the morning for my beautiful, lovely wife who made me an appointment with a dermatologist. Like, hey, I got a dermatologist appointment. How'd that happen? Oh, I don't know. I got tired of waiting on you, all right? And so she made the dermatologist appointment. And so anyways, went in, this is November, and I went in to see him. And, and he's like, why are you here? And I said, well, in full transparency, my wife made my appointment 
and I'm taking it as my Christmas gift to her. All right? And so that's what I said to him. He didn't laugh. But anyway, so um, he said, show me. And so I did. And he's like, man, you need to tell your wife thank you. I'm like, okay. And he's like, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like this one bit. And I, my response was, do you tell that to everybody? Or like, is that something I need to hear? He goes, no, I need to be honest with you. We're going to cut this out today. I'm going to cut deep because I don't like the way this looks. There's another spot. So he did. So I get home. Anne's like, what did he say? And I was like, he said, you're right. Shame. All right. And so you're right. And it didn't look good. So we waited a week. Right? I'm a pastor though, right? So during that week, I fortified my faith. I dug a little deeper. You know what I did during that week? I opened the door to fear. You ever do that? Because it wasn't me telling you what to do. It was me living it. Then I get the call. I'm at a lunch appointment. Phone, phone always rings. I had it turned over. And lunch gets over. I open it. It's the doctor. Hey, I'm calling with your results. Call me back as soon as you can. So I didn't call him back the next day like I did with the appointment. Guess when I called him back? Right then. So I called him back. They said, he's in an appointment. He's in with somebody. Can you hold? Sure. 30 minutes I'm holding. I'm texting my next appointment going, hey, it's going to be a few minutes. The, the lady gets back on the line and said, he's going to be in for a little while. He would, uh, maybe his nurses will talk to you. So I hold another 10 minutes and she gets back on and said, he wants to talk to you. And that was the line when the door swung all the way open. Because you know what? I've had that. I know that conversation. And boy, those fears started going. They're terrible companions, by the way. And he said, he finally gets on and he said, how are you doing today? I went, before you called, pretty well, actually. And now, now that you've called, I, I don't know how I'm doing. How am I doing? And he goes, you need to tell your wife thank you. I said, I've already done that. I'm indebted for many more years to come. I already have. And he said, we caught this as early as it could be caught. It's a stage zero, but it is melanoma. And we need to get it out right now, this week. All's great. You know what I learned though? My fear is, my faith's not near as big as I thought it was. My faith for your life, massive. Because the storm's not hitting my boat. You know what it drove me to do? Deepen my faith. Because fear is going to show up in a new way in 2021. And I don't want to let it in. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you that you are faithful. You are bigger than our biggest fears. Jesus, with you in the boat, there's always a calming of the storm. Lord, would you just, wherever you're at this morning, would you just let the Lord speak to you, would you, about your faith and your fears? 
Just let him talk to you.